and welcome to Back the Girls podcast season two episode four. Laurie and I are joined by Trickle Jennifer Davis who's on a journey towards elite and international level refereeing and she had a big defining moment on the weekend. She was at the Wales v Scotland game and we reviewed that and Wales's epic win two in a row at the beginning of a Six Nations. We also have a quick review of the other games from round two and we look at the growth and what's been happening in a community game. Principality event, Eros Sevens, and the big, big squad announcement today, that historic Wales under-18 squad that's going to play in our first ever women's Six Nations under-18s competition. It's all happening. There's so much to cover, and it's all on the pod. A mama bear, Laurie Harris. How are you? Good, tired, emotional, in love. Changes you, doesn't it? But yeah, no, we wouldn't know. Oh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, last week you I, looked yeah. really fresh and pretty. You've done your makeup. Uh, this week you look like you've been dragged through a hedge. What's changed? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not far off. What's actually happened, to be honest? <laughs> <laughs> we went out with the pram today, so that was an experience. Who pushes? Me. Because Jodie had a bit of a tough time, so she's not allowed yet. But I quite like pushing. But I'm hyper road safe now. I'm like, oh, there's a car 40 metres away. I'll wait you <laughs> until the car's <laughs> passed. But yeah. But they have cars done by you. Yeah. Not just a horse and a cart for you. But yeah, a few cars have come in. You've got to wind them at the front, though. Still in that yeah. era. Yeah. yeah. Lots of tractors still, right? Yeah, red diesel then, isn't it? A little bit cheaper. Speaking of tractors, <laughs> what a good segue. Let's bring in our guest, the one and only Jenny Treacle Davis. Uh, for those who know her, she played in the front row for Wales, a little bit on the flank as well, Treaks, right? A couple of times. Um, when, when you were allowed, when you nagged enough. <laughs> <laughs> Development spot in the back row. Um, yeah, Jenny Treacle Davis, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for recovering enough from Dublin to come on and chat us through um, your career-defining moment on the weekend. So for those who don't know, tell us what happened on the weekend, Tricks. Uh, well, hello to start with. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. Um, so on the weekend, I was AR4, which is Assistant Referee 4 for the Wales-Scotland women's game. And what does that involve? Um, so um, you have five officials at the game so you've got the ref on the pitch well actually sorry six officials you've got the ref on the pitch AR1 and AR2 are your lines men or women um, and then if the ref gets injured AR1 takes their place AR2 then goes into AR1 place and then AR3 will jump on to to be AR2 if that makes sense yeah with yeah. me at the moment but, yeah. but it's like all like stepping stone so AR3 and AR4, uh, similar roles. Basically, you're in charge of the um, substitutions and making sure that people stay in their box and they're not like running up and down the field like what you have in club rugby. <laughs> um, the team managers then, so I was in charge of the Scotland's uh, team. So the team manager then would give me the card if they want the substitution. I would then voice it in to uh, the ref and then the ref then would um, be like, uh, blue eights, come off. And then when she's running off, I'd allow the sub on. And then I give my card to the AR5. 
who then does all the timings and it's all like paper documented. Wow. But then, oh, and also on top of that, you've got a TMO and a timekeeper. <laughs> it's loads. It's not just a ref. No, it, it is. Like when we were playing, it was kind of, you just had the ref and then we would have lines people, but they were normally WIU based. Whereas now the three and the TMO uh, are, they've got to be mutual, neutral, neutral. Mm. Um, like, mutual. Well, like, <laughs> neutral, neutral. Um, so, the, the, so the World Rugby will allocate those to each fixtures. So tell mm. us about your ref and journey entry, because not everybody knows this. Um, and it's actually a really big deal, right? You, you were part of the officiating team of a Six Nations match. That's hell of a big deal. Sure, it was it was surreal in a way because like you know when you're and um like behind the stadium like I've been um you know in the blues change rooms like many times like playing for blues playing for Wales and I walk in I didn't have a clue where the officiating room was so I walked past it I had these stewards running around trying to help me <laughs> help me find it rather than just picking up the phone and uh, ringing like. <laughs> who's in charge who's in like the manager for the referees of the day and he's like the manager of the referees for the whole of the WIU um yeah I had these stewards running around and trying all these change rooms that like I knew existed so I rang him and then I'd walk past it <laughs> it's right next to the tunnel oh of course it is so yeah so my journey um well I was coaching and I was coaching RGC under 18s when did you uh, retire Triggs the girls what from coaching no from playing um so internationally i retired seven years ago um uh, so that would have been when was the world cup in france 2014 mm. so i retired in 2015 well i retired in 2014 and then uh, the coach asked me to come back for a year just to help out and help kind of um coach like the new front row so i did a season uh, and I just like, you know, when you're on the line and I remember being in Ireland and a friendly just for the Six Nations. And it just hit me. I was just like, why am I here? Like, and I just, I was just like, my body can't take this anymore. And it happened to be that with that game, Joy Neville was, it was her first, um, like she was refereeing us and she was just coming up through the ranks. Mm. And I remember then her after about it, like, you know, when did you know to, you know, retire from playing and, uh, you know, and like her story with why she started refereeing. So, um, so yeah, I decided to retire then after that Six Nations. It was just too much. Do you mean I'd hit an, a, an old age? <laughs> yeah. So uh, you hit another milestone in old age last week. But um, funny that <clears throat> John Neville is the one that helped you make that decision, right? Because it was actually John Neville who was a ref on the weekend. And you were assisting True. her for your first international kind of caller. How awesome is that? I was in awe of her. She, she's such an amazing person. Um, and I think she's the, the best female referee in the world. I will put that out there. I think Laurie Harris would never be on the field if Joy was refing any of our games because she takes never. no mess in. Never. Do you know when I saw that she was refing for the game on, sun, uh, on Saturday, I was like, oh, thank God I don't play anymore. <laughs> That's all I could think about because I was like, oh, Christ, I can see a couple of our girls going in the bin. But, you know, it was only the one. So it was like a good day in the office, really. True. But at least Sorry, she went off uh, out in a bang treat because 2015 it was another milestone, really. Well, I know you've done it once before, but you beat England that year as well, didn't you? 
yes, the, the squad did. The squad did indeed. Were you not playing then? Oh, yeah, I was on the bench. I came on for the last minutes. But, do you know, it's, it's only like, I think as you get older, you realise, like when you're younger and you're there, it's like, oh, it's just the 23, but it isn't. It's kind of the whole squad, the management behind it and everything. So I think that's why I'm saying it, like everything which was put into it was the reason why we we won, like Dodge being our fitness coach and and was he was the was he the fitness coach that year? Uh, oh, no, yeah, I believe so. Mind you, if we look at the performances of this year, it's the last ten minutes that I come in, so it's the people off the bench that are making the difference, really, isn't it? Well, I say this because I still, I coach a little bit. I'm still coaching for a Canada on ladies. I can, I'm the assistant coach. And you can ask them that how much I like go on about a game is winning off in the last 20 minutes of a game. <laughs> the last 20 minutes can make a huge difference. <laughs> and Laurie's right. We've seen that, I mean, in the last two fixtures. All right. So sorry, back to your refereeing story. Uh, we jumped in to talk about Joy, but let's go back to you. So yeah, so... Uh, Retired from playing, uh, took a year out and just got really drunk, loving life. And then um, uh, I thought oh, I'll get into a bit of coaching, like kind of thing, because I'd done it like when I was younger, and like, you know, as a rugby development officer. And then, um, do you know, I just realised I couldn't do it. I just found it so emotionally draining that like the girls, bless them, like at under 18s, if you get to 50 points, the game just stops. If there's a 50 point gap. And like the girls were just crying and um, and I did it for three seasons and I was just like, Joe, I can't do this anymore. And I started to put weight on because I still thought I could eat like a player. <laughs> um, and, I, and I remember this chat that Joy had given me about taking up the whistle and Paul Adams, because um, I'd, I'd worked with him like years before when he worked in um, Pencoid College. Uh, and I just thought, Joe, let's go on the course. Um, and enhance my um, knowledge and maybe give a couple of games and see what it's like. And it's probably the closest thing you can get to of being a player. Or that, is it that, the closest thing you can do to keep eating while you want to eat and not get too fat? That's, that's another thing. Yeah, that's another thing. Because that's, <laughs> that's the only reason why I rest is because I have free food after the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, so was the saying? You can take the the prop, the, the, you can take the girl out of the prop, the prop, but the, you can't take the prop out of the girl. Yeah, that's yeah, it. I still like food. I, I see would know. It. I would hope that I'm gonna get it printed for you for your birthday though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I started my journey. This is my. This would have been my fourth season if COVID didn't hit. So it's only my third season of refereeing. Um. So like. Um. You go on a course, you qualify as a level one, and then um, you put your name forward then if you want to be a level two. And at that time, uh, like it, the, the system's kind of changed a little bit like now. Um, but during that time, I went and watched the game and I ran the line for um, an, another level two coach. And then um, I had a go then in the middle, which was an absolute disaster. I came <laughs> off the pitch crying. Crying? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, like, I was like holding back the tears and my assessor blessing we just said just well let's just bank it go and get changed and he was so nice he was like really like positive with me and he went look it's your first game um 
and like you know and you know you give me a few tips to work on so as we went and they were really good because they had said to me originally that the assess would only stay with me for four fixtures and then I'd be on my own and I was just like I'm not ready to be on my own so I think they stayed with me for eight fixtures and even then my first fixture when I was on my own they put me uh, to referee a team where there's a, another there's another game going on so there's a level three ref there so if I had any questions in the warmth and stuff, I could ask him. And then after the game, like, did I do this right? Like, you know, you have scenarios and then mm. you like chat them, like, did I give the right call? Like, or, or should I have done this call instead? And then so it's just getting that in like that feedback straight so that you can constantly improve. It's just like being a player though, isn't it? With the different laws coming in every other year and whatever, you're having to constantly be on top of your game. So it, it would be the same then for the referee, I suppose, isn't it? Uh, I would say, um, I was chatting to this with somebody the other day, um, as a player, if I did something wrong as a player, I knew everybody on that field had my back and they would yeah. support me and they picked me up and they'd be like, don't worry about it, you know, think about the next one and you just like bank it and then you'd go back to it at the end of the game or you'd quickly self-reflect to be like it didn't happen again in the game. But as a referee, I realised... And me being a social bunny, I like being with people, how lonely it is. Like you are on your own and you're isolated and you've literally, you're literally putting yourself on a pedestal for people to try and knock you off. Mm. And that's what, and like when I first started, I thought, oh, it was only the 15, the 30 people on the pitch and the subs that I'd have to deal with who were going to like, give me this criticism but I can handle the criticism from them it's the people on the side I really struggle with to the point like I've kind of been in the change rooms and then again like didn't realize how emotional I was but then fighting back the tears <laughs> somebody's like said something to me and I'm like oh my really somebody called me um a bleep ref the other day and I was the bleepest ref they'd ever had <laughs> and um and it was these three mothers. I was a referee in an under 16s game. And it was, um, so you, you know, the 50 22 law. Yeah. 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 The, that's only applied for youth set. It's not applied for age grade rugby down. Yeah. So the Dewar Shield is under 16s down. So I was refereeing them. And this boy, to be fair, I haven't seen the 50 22 much in the, you know, the leagues I've been refereeing. And this boy, to be fair to him, he kicked this beautiful kick. And I went to him, I went, this would be a lovely 50-22 if you were youths or above. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't count at your age thing. So um, the, these three women then like shouted at me going, I didn't know the laws and I was rubbish and I was a bleep bleep this. <laughs> to the point I like, I doubted myself then, did I know the laws? And then um, and I, I went, I spoke to a referee, there's another game going on. So I spoke to him after the game. I was like, I am right. And he was like, yeah. So I went up to the coach and after, and I said to him, I was like, just to clarify with you that that was right when everyone was shouting abuse at me. And he was yeah. like, yeah, I'm... but he did not step in to tell these women to, well, I don't know, maybe he did, but um, these women to like, that they would like to throw stones at me. <laughs> <laughs> so despite yeah, those but... little moments, you're obviously loving it and you're flying up the ranks. You're now um, part of an international uh, refereeing team. That's got to feel good. Um, well, if, if you are, 
stop I couldn't stop smiling on Sunday being around people who were like elite and like I'm still at the start of my journey and learning from them like I said to Joy after I said I've learned so much from you watching how you ref like you don't talk much you um you're calm you're decisive and do you what just watching her come in at half time and like you know obviously little scenarios happen throughout the throughout the game and then like they're just like the, the the three of the team and the team were then discussing did I get this right um talk talk me through what you saw on the video because like Joy was constantly going to TMO going, can you have a look at that? Well, yeah. so I don't know what people could hear on TV, but obviously the crowd couldn't hear what she was saying. And like, she wants to get things right. Like she, does, she doesn't want to get things wrong to jeopardize the, the score. And just like learning how like, how like perfect she wanted to, to, to get it right. It was just kind of, like inspirational to watch if you know what I mean not uh not many people will know this but me Treeks and Catherine Edwards are in a little whatsapp group together and um what's it well, called from my point of view I can't tell you <laughs> stop it for purpose <laughs> but um Treeks actually left us a couple of voice notes about like the whole experience isn't it Treeks and well you know when you can tell when someone's smiling when they're speaking to <laughs> the voice changes a bit I was like oh bless her you like you really did enjoy yourself, didn't you? And I, like, I know, like, you're the one that's supposed to be looking after me most of the time. But I was so proud of you. Made oh, me really happy you. for you. You know, I think Kat that, felt the same as well because it was just rows and rows of hearts. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Tell our listeners why it's you three and only you three, and you three in particular. They're in a little WhatsApp group. I don't know. Well, we were the front row at at a at a point, wasn't it? I mean, I know you've worked with plenty of other players but um in terms of three yeah make it and as well I broke into the team fresh from under 20s and treacle it was quite intimidating back then you had some you had some serious characters (laughs) back in the day and it was you know a tough environment to come into and I'd only just uh transition from prop to hooker and Birdie, who was coaching at the time, asked me to hit back ball as my first line out. Obviously, I don't even think I got it over the five, to be honest. <laughs> and then Treacle just took me aside because I, I got quite upset by it because, you know, you've got all this pressure of people thinking, are you up for it or whatever? Up to it, sorry. And Treacle just took me away for a chat, even though, <laughs> even though I'd been a bit of a cocky player before that time so I was watching one of their senior games as an under 20s I think we were taking the brochures or whatever out isn't it and I said hey watch out now Treeks I'll be in your position uh, come next season <laughs> I think it rightened you a bit didn't it like I went to the toilet and she goes uh enjoy your last game today because that's my position next year it was something like that and I was literally going to the toilet to just then walk out for the anthems. And I had this, like, didn't even know who nobody was then. I was like, who is this? Oh, behave. Behave yourself. <laughs> Everyone knew me back then. <laughs> True. I had good reports of you back then. Um, do you know what? I think, I think why we're so close, even though we played against each other, is we've got similar personalities. Well, Lodi and I have got similar personalities. And Catherine's the person who grounds us. Oh. Yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> 
because we're so wild or <laughs> feral and Captain <laughs> is the glue that kind of sticks the three of us together and we're we just like kind of uh, like we're all support of each other and kind of I don't know just make each other happy I think I love it. And this is why it's so important to me. Um, I'm not sure if our listeners knows, but I've kind of nominated myself as the social secretary of former players. And it's these stories and these relationships and these friendships I really, really want to keep together and um, keep that legacy alive. Because like that story of an under 20s player giving the chops to a senior international before she walks out to play a fixture. I mean, you know, and I've said before on the pod, like, Nadine Griffiths down at the Blues she's got so many stories and I think it's really important to keep these stories alive and keep everyone's kind of legacy and part part they played in the jersey alive as well so yeah I love hearing about your little group still going and uh, you tell me little things now and then but you won't let me in so that's fine well you're not out you go out you go um although Laurie did say (laughs) Laurie did say that she liked me being a bit bum when I was second row so, you know, we could open it up to the front five, maybe. No, yeah. I got enough WhatsApp groups. So that's fine. Um, just before we move on, we've got so, so much to talk about. Trickle, you're taking up loads of our time. Um, just very quickly, for all the aspiring young girls out there, because when we say back the girls, we back the girls that play, the coach, the train, the, you know, the support, the ref, the, um, every possible aspect of the game, we want as many women and girls in there as possible. So any young aspiring referee, what message have we got to hear? Um, I think we need more females taking up the whistle. And um, I'm, I, I think I'm a person, I've been brought up that it doesn't matter what gender you are, have a go and, and, and see how good you are. And like I've said that to, to like my assessors, don't like kind of, big me up because I'm a girl, big me up because I'm a referee. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I, that if you, if you want to do something, this is whatever it is in life, do it. And you taught me something really good once I retired. You told me always say yes. Yeah. And like before that, I'd always kind of like been like, I don't want to live my life with regrets. Mm. I want to be like, maybe I shouldn't have done that rather than I wish I had. And I remember you told me that to be like, if somebody asks you to do something, just say yes. Uh, and I remember taking that on after I retired from rugby and it has opened so many doors for me and kind of maybe like made my life more um, eventful, um, a bit wild sometimes. <laughs> but then at least I can say, oh, I did it. I'm not doing that again. But yeah, normally, exactly. Yeah, like with Ireland. I was like, I'm not getting drunk, but yes, let's go. And then <laughs> look what happened. <laughs> I yes. Brilliant. So we got we to gotta move on. There's so much on the agenda tonight. We have to talk about Wales' game versus Scotland. So before we do that, we've got a competition we want to bring to you. Part of our relationship and friendship with Rugby 7-11, here's Rachel Taylor with a competition. Yeah, so while we're out in Dublin, um, Hallett and myself had a great conversation around how hashtag back the girls pod could get on board with supporting a rugby seven at 11 competition throughout this women's six nations. So inspired by the women's TikTok six nations and especially after Wales's epic win over Ireland, we got to see Alicia Butchers have a little jig, a little a little celebration post-match, but also because she won player of the match during that game. And it got our brains ticking over and thought, what a great idea. So we thought if you send in 
to to Rugby 7-Eleven, your try-scoring celebration. So think out of the box, be as creative as you like, and you get the famous words in, we want Rugby 7-Eleven at our club. Get that somewhere in your video. So we want Rugby 7-Eleven at our club in that video and get us tagged in. So get uh, hashtag back the girls in there. Get at Rugby 7-Eleven in there and you could have the opportunity to win this summer a chance for Rugby 7-Eleven to host a camp for your club or your team totally free of charge. So myself, Rachel Taylor and Jess Kavanagh will come down to your club wherever you are in Wales. We will get at Rugby 7-Eleven out on tour and you have a chance to win a free camp for your team or your club. So like I said, Get your try scoring celebrations in, inspired by Alicia Butchers off uh, the back of a Wales win versus Ireland. Get the famous words in. We want Rugby 7-Eleven at our club. Get tagging, get that video sent in to at Rugby 7-Eleven, spelt the Welsh way, and ha- enter this opportunity for a competition. What a great prize this summer. And we'll announce the winner at the end of this Six Nations. So we turn now to Wales v Scotland and not to brag but I called it. You I said it was a must-win game. And even though I was twitching throughout, no, I wasn't actually. I was quite confident that they'd always come back to, to get the result they wanted. Um, it was a twitchy game though, wasn't it? But exactly it's nice like you the said. over Twitter and social media and things is it's, it's huge. It's definitely growing. And, you know, people of different backgrounds definitely getting behind the, the girls. And I just think now it's paramount to have the women's six nations in its own window to have it now in its own right not like a sideshow to the men's absolutely absolutely um and exactly what you said Lo. in the last episode you said it doesn't got i'm gonna be flash it hasn't got to be sexy or whatever words you use you said wales just have to win there's no way you can fall off that momentum in round two it sets us up perfectly going at the best possible way to go into that England game which we know is going to be just fierce right well yeah it's, it's going to be like climbing Everest but they've had two wins they've proven themselves that they can win a game from chasing it the only thing they need to do differently against England being you know it's it it is a huge task anyway they have to start well so mm. if they just manage to get something right just to get that first 20 minutes with them, every everything in their favour, just to put that little bit of pressure on England that it's not all going their way, I think it'll, it'll do a lot more than what telling players, oh, you can win this, this mm. is a game you can win, because I think that at the moment is a little bit unrealistic. It's just putting England in an uncomfortable position where they are actually having to you know, play a game to get the result mm. is going to do more for this squad at this time before going into a World Cup year, uh, World Cup uh, at the end of the year um, than what, you know, building them up to fail will be. Yeah. And you're right. It's like we've got to start strong, right? Because we give Ireland 60-minute head start and we give yeah. Scotland 75-minute head start before we pulled away in both games. You do that to England, we're going to be out of sight, don't we? <laughs> it's going to be like... A massive mountain to climb, almost Everest, as you said. Look, yeah. I don't fancy that. As, as good as this team is, that's probably too much. But let's let's talk about the good things. Trico, what did you manage to watch? I know you were holding a clipboard and you had lots going on. What impressed you about the Welsh team? 
Well, I only really saw a little bit of the first half, but then I got told to watch what the ARs and the ref, the, the ref did. So I wasn't really watching the game. Like I could see the score going up. Um, what did I like? Just the like compassion, really. I don't think they panicked. Um, whereas like years ago, I think teams would have panicked. Uh, and you know they was composed and they just went through the motions, mm. and then, and then like especially like the the last twenty minute. Well, as soon as they put start putting the subs on, that the, the intensity went up. And like from us, what we was discussing as a as a three when we could, you could see Scotland getting tired, and Wales used their bench and that made a difference. Where Scotland didn't, um, they like they I think they only used three subs. Um, so, and I think that does make a difference. I think nowadays, you know, you can't have certain players playing a full AD. They've got to, like, especially front row, there needs to be changes after 60 minutes and then, you know, bring players on and, like, look at Sean Ed. Um, Sean Ed, come on. And do you are, know I remember sitting on the, on the sideline, come on, and uh, it, it come into our year, there's a penalty, and Joy went, uh, TMO, can you just check number 19? And I was just like, oh, please, let, let it not be against Shona now. Let it be like for her. And they was like, number 19, fine. Uh, she was legal. So, so it was just nice to, for, for her to come on and, um, you know, be that impact player and yeah. that player that makes a difference. What an impact she made, right? She came on on the 43rd minute, got that penalty straight away, like the first breakdown she's in, and then scores a try on the 46th minute. Like within three minutes, makes hell of an impact, and no doubt that's like why she ended up being player of the match with like less than half a game. Really, really impressive. But I think you're right in what you're both saying that the bench the Welsh got is, is really strong and really impactful. But do you start with that against England, or do you bring it on against England? Because England is a very different beast. What are your thoughts on well, that? I got it wrong last time. I said Donna Rose should have been starting. He kept the same team and they got the result. And to be honest, there's nothing really telling me that he's going to change it again. I think he played very smart on the weekend. I thought uh, even though he kept that consistency and it was the same team to build that momentum, he brought his subs on early and they're the ones now getting the game time, getting comfortable in the game, having a chance to make a difference. And you you could say every single sub that came on added something to that game. Oh, 100%. Uh, but the starting team, there's like not one person that, you know, warrants not starting the, the game next game either. Like nobody put a foot wrong. I think that the entire level of this team has gone up a notch. And then that allows then certain other players to just play at that even higher exceptional level uh, yeah I thought Kelsey was awesome when she come on as well Fionn obviously you know how much does she love the try line um Sean Ed we've already mentioned uh, the back row was awesome I think um she won at one of her best games for Wales I thought she was outstanding I thought she managed the ref and the game really really well um I just don't know where you'd make changes at this stage but for me, you've got to get Shuan and Shonid on the field. I think it's not so much of the personnel at the moment. I think it is the messages of how he wants to play the game. 
And I did do, you know, I jotted down a few notes. I thought the first 20 minutes of their defence, even though they conceded a try, mm. their defence was so good. It looked structured. Not, not a single one of them panicked and arms flying up high saying, yes, I'm in this position. It, it, everyone knew their role at that time. A tackle was made and they were back up onto their feet into the line straight away. Whereas, you know, in previous years, Someone might have laid there for two minutes, milk, try and milk the penalty of not naming names <laughs> or looking at anyone. I'd be looking in the mirror at anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and, and like uh, Teek said, uh, the fitness has come on leaps and bounds. Um, so many people have said comments to me in the past saying that um, the girls are out of shape, they look tired, and that's even within the first half. I, I don't think you could say that anymore. I think conditioning still needs to be work on for everyone but they, to put it bluntly everybody just looked up for it they knew yeah. they had a task to do they had a yeah. job to do it and you know they came through with it but um more so in this game than what we saw against Ireland the carriers were much better they were breaking game line or well they, they, not many of them went back and um it was always like a dominant run yeah. So it was always um, like a soccer tackle or something like that. Yeah. I, I got to talk about the defence you mentioned. They went 22 phases before earning, before Scotland earned an advantage and kicked that, that ball into the try area and the unluckiest of bounces over two defenders into the hands of the, the Scottish girl to score. 22 phases and didn't panic. Um control the home time and then you talk about fitness low that's just relentless right um oh absolutely I need to tell you both something when I realized we were having both of you come on I just had to make arrangements to to bring somebody else in to <gasps> say hello Please just... just to say hello to you guys so <laughs> Oh no way! Oh, she joins us. Hello, Papi. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Captain Edwards. You okay. Is that sad? This is mum life now. I'm getting a bit emotional. Yeah. Have we got time? Actual tears. Can she? <laughs> Everyone oh. okay? Happy Sian. Oh. Thank you very much for joining us, Cats. I know you've been out with the sevens all day of new school. Yeah, we have. And you know what? It's been a successful day with our year seven and eight girls. We just won the uh, national levels competition. So, yeah. Well, you know, I'm not going to take any credit. It's down to Mr. Simon Edwards, but um, we had um, two teams, 28 girls competing. So, yeah, it was a good day. The, the, the B team uh, reached the... Um, quarterfinals for the plate and yeah the 18 one so yeah a good day oh well done yeah you haven't put this on the group i've not been able to congratulate you (laughs) (laughs) so we've all just heard cats about your whatsapp group that nobody else is allowed in and um you three are the best of friends so me and cats has been kind of organizing behind the scene if we can get her on to join this call tonight so I'm thrilled that she did. Cats, we were just talking about the Wales and Scotland game. You were there. Yeah, yeah, what it did was. You think? Great game. Um, I thought Scotland um, played really well in the first half. Um, 
I don't know, there was no, I feel like, I felt like we weren't panicking at all, even though we were down two tries to one. Um, yeah, but just Wales came back second half, second half of most, most of the possession and deserved to win. And I just felt <sighs> Scotland obviously came back again in the last 10 minutes, but I felt like they emptied the tank. They had nothing, nothing left. And I think with Wales maybe being together for three months now, it does make a slight difference against teams like um, Ireland and Scotland. You know, they add that extra edge of just fitness and stuff. So, and, you know, I thought we were quite lucky as well not to have the yellow card, but, um, <laughs> but it was In brilliant. In which incident was that? Say again. In which incident was that? Another yellow? Oh, there was a last couple of minutes um i i really thought uh shiwana was going to get a yellow card for uh, oh. knocking the ball on yeah, yeah. your left hand wasn't so it when i told you when i told you early on when, when i found out joy was refereeing i said oh we are definitely having two yellow cards here. everyone <laughs> but joy thought that shiwana would have been having a yellow card so i know a fair play to them though they've you know two games now and brilliant it's good to see like it's, it's just, just everything about I think Johan's doing a great job with them not just on the field but off the field as well everybody seems happy so I think it'll be a massive success if you know I think against England and France is going to be it's going to be different um but if we can just go there and maybe just try and improve on a few things try and get you know win the win our scrums get our line outs and just get a few tries it's going to be a huge success so but and try and get the score you know but you know who knows you know sport is it can be anyone's on the day can it so but um yeah it'd be exciting on Saturday but if we can you know if we can aim to beat try and beat Italy as well it's going to be Top three finish. I called it earlier. I'm saying top three finish. I did retweet there as well. I you know. <laughs> thanks, thanks, friend. But um, <laughs> I I would have liked if Wales could have played France first. I know you can't mess around with the mm. fixtures, but I think fixture um France would have been an easier game perhaps for them to target rather mm. than what England would be. I think you can rattle France. A lot more than what you can with England. Yeah, definitely. And France at the moment are playing best rugby, but we know they don't travel well, travel well as well. So you know anything could happen on that Friday night. Mm. So who knows? That's Wales, quite mouthwatering. That. Can say again. That's quite mouthwatering. I called it. I said, no, anything can happen with France. And it's Wales' Friday night lights game. It's not France's Friday yeah. night lights game. You know, a little bit of and magic can, on that. And Wales can disrupt, you know, people's ga games plan. So, it's you know, they, you know, so, so who knows? So, yeah. I mean, I'm if they can hold out 22 phases without infringing mm. against, you know, a team like France, France are going to get put under pressure and they'll probably try something. They probably wouldn't because France mm. like to play quick rugby. And if it's not happening for them, you know, if it's not on a plate for them, you know, they'll no. get flustered and, yeah. you know, make mistakes or whatever. But I don't know. We'll see. It'll be a tasty one for us anyway. Yeah, definitely. Can I just say, when I asked Catherine to come on the pod, she's like, well, I don't think I'll have anything to say. <laughs> 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 to 
Ik ben die nee, daar jou kat, daar jou. Die ook, fawr. Is het een beetje awkward now, Jen? Because I kind of feel like you're coming into our chat, but you're... I should leave, to be honest. It's a little carried forward. <laughs> so that's a yes then. Go. Did no man, we've got loads games? to discuss. We've got loads to get through. Yes. Did you watch any of the other games? Yeah. Do you what know did... I? I watch a lot. Of, I watch a lot of rugby at the moment. When when the girls play in the Alliance um, Premiership, I watch them. Um, and yeah, and I watch the the both. Well, I actually. Watched half of the first game. Was it Ireland and France? And then I had to obviously travel into Carl Farms Park and then I watched England on Sunday. So, do you know, I I like watching England play in. I think they're brilliant. Skill level, fitness. It's it's brilliant. They're going to, I don't know. <laughs> They've got so many options, have they? As in different people. Can You can switch people around. You can just play someone at fly half. You know, like um, Helena... Um, Helen Rollins, Rollins, yeah, she's she's brilliant, and you know she can just go from change from fly half neck last week to playing twelve this weekend. Just yeah, they've got so many options, but you know at least now we've got teams competing against them. So yeah, Yeah. who who are competing against England because Italy lost seventy four nil biggest defeat. No, but you know I don't know I don't know. Okay, maybe cut that yes. out then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. hoping Wales will be able to play, you know, I've given give them a good game, definitely. Especially, you know, they know they play with them every weekend. You know. Mm. So I think they've got that 10-12 um relationship set now. I think Zoe Harrison is really good at 10. Um and Helena is more of a running rugby kind of girl, isn't she? So I think yeah. if you can, you know, get the ball out wider that threat yeah. is always going to be there rather than asking her to create something from first man. And you know, I think she's, um, Zoe Harrison's a little bit more stable on the kick as well. Yeah, I like both. I do like, I, I like both of them. And I just, I just don't know where it's that. And bear in mind, you've got Emily Scarlett coming back. She had some minutes on the weekend as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's scary, isn't it? Good luck, Wales. It's going to be a lovely day out. <laughs> <laughs> this, no this is my prediction. If Wales can keep it under six tries, I did say four on my notepad, but now I've gone to six. If they can, it'll be a successful day for them. Mm. Bear in mind that they have to have 100% in their lineouts, 100% in their scrums, and you know the defensive targets that they had from last week as well. I think that would be a good day for them. I make sure they don't. Because obviously both games they haven't started well, haven't they? And they can't afford to do that against um, England. So they need to start from you know from the, from from the whistle. So yeah, the, um, so you were referring in this game tricks, yeah. Yeah. What would you be saying to Wales before you go out? What would you be looking for between these two teams? So I know both like to play. A fast game, so I'd be concentrating on the ruck area, the making sure that the tackler rolls away, the assistant tackler releases, um, and people are staying on their feet at the ruck. So that's what I'd be doing because I know like both teams like running rugby; they don't want to play slow pick and go. So that's what I'd be concentrating on, and I think I would pick 
wheels up on um, not running before the uh, before they've been put on side. So you're meant to retreat. But if you just stood there, most rest will let you get away with it until somebody puts you on, unless you're in that 10 metre um, scenario. That's a really good question, Lois, because we saw Wales's discipline um, completely different in the Scotland game to the Ireland game. But five penalties overall in Ireland, and we had five penalties just in the first 15 minutes against Scotland. So we need to be more like that Irish game than we when we play in England because we can't give them any free ball um, or any shot at goal well, in, in it off. It's, it's not that. You need all 15 girls on the pitch as well. So if you run the risk of being put in the bin, you're putting your team under a lot of pressure, really, aren't you? That's why I don't think he's going to change the team all that much because he's going to want his high-risk players like Sean Ed, who are, you know, prone to a penalty to come on when the game is in full flow and she's an, you know she's going to want to put a stamp on it then rather than start from zero and I don't know it'd be good for her to see how the game's planning out before she comes on and puts her stamp on it I'd like thing- to see it different though I'd like to see some changes being made oh well I, I don't see I want to see what these because he hasn't really made changes has he but I want to see what these girls are going to be like because they've had like Ireland and Scotland who aren't the, like a strong team compared to England. Like England are probably one of, number one in the world, aren't they? Mm. I want to see what these girls that have started the past two games can do against a world-class team. And I think that if he changes people, then it's that easy option to be like, oh, because he changed it, this is why. I want to see what the start in 15, which would be uh, which has been done for the last two games, can do against a world-class team. End of. <laughs> but Catherine, you want to see changes. Why is that? Yeah. Um, I just think with the World Cup coming up, um, we need to see different players um, because we've been playing against top, you know, top teams. Um, and let's you know, let's try them and just see them what they like under pressure. You know, I build a bit of depth. It's personally been watching, you know, people playing in the Allianz Premiership and just really impressed with people like Clakey, you know, and it'd be great to see her having the chance. Um, yeah, so hopefully. I guess you've got to look at it as in a game of. It, you, you can look at it in two ways, can't you? Do we start the same team or same squad um, and see how momentum carries and do we get a favourable result regardless, win or lose? Or do we put changes in to build that strength and depth and not think about the result at all? It's more so about building... Guess, yeah, I'm actually... Team. I'm with both both sides there and I totally agree with what Treacle says. But I just think... Um, just, you know, on paper, you know, it's likely, I don't think, well, as you said, if we can, if Wales can keep it to six tries and under, I think they would have done a great job. So I just think we need to look at more, more people now and because, you know, we're ready in four months time in New Zealand. Well, it's only your one that can decide, isn't it? So exactly. we'll see what, what he comes out with. We'll be a coach, eh? Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> he's done a good job so far, so... We'll go with whatever you think best. Okay. Um, so, so there was another another team playing, and Harlett, you were off on your travels. 
I was. That one I, quite well. I didn't expect you to be out there. <laughs> well, I don't tell you everything because I'm not in your WhatsApp group. Um, <laughs> that's why you're not in my WhatsApp group because you don't tell me everything. <laughs> so I flew out to, to lose with Nick Heath and we were at the France Island game. France won 40 to 5. Um, and it should have been so much more, shouldn't it? Did you get to watch the game? Um, Ireland, bless them. You've got a feel for Ireland because obviously they're not going to the World Cup and they've got a brand new set of players out, new coaching team in, new players in, and they are genuinely starting from scratch, it feels like, and it really showed. Um, just balls not going to hand, knocks on, put themselves under pressure, basically. They couldn't exit, and because they can't exit, they're under pressure, and that's when the mistakes come, right? And they overplayed in their own 22, or overplayed their own half, got driven off the scrum nearly every time. Um, Lineouts were inconsistent. They couldn't win a four-man, five-man. Um, bit better with a full man. Um, but when it came to France, they just... Like, like you get excited, cats about England. I get excited about France because they're just something else. Um, and they have a big squad as well. They wrote I think the, the last game, the Six Nations, France and England. Yes. Yeah. And where is it? Out in France. Oh my God, I can't wait. <laughs> if you're working, we're coming with you then, okay? <laughs> I'm not working because it's super Saturday and I'm social secretary oh, yeah, it is. of the former <laughs> players. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on social duty that day. Yeah, sorry, yeah, apologies. So, uh, so France were amazing, right? They just literally shut the door on Ireland. They said, we're not playing in our own, not even 22, is our own like 30, 40 metres. We're not playing. And they just kept, constantly kept chain, uh, turning Ireland. And Ireland just overplayed coming out, making mistakes. And it should have been probably about 70 points to five. Um, yeah, but France run the changes as well. I think it was only eight started from the team the week before so strength and depth right France and, and England they are starting to hit peak just months out from the World mm-hmm. Cup and bless Ireland they're on a they're on a different trajectory altogether they're just looking to get through this season and another four-year cycle before they get to compete at the World Cup you know mm-hmm. I, I mean I know it's been tough for them but you are starting to see you know certain individuals putting their stamp on it like that Eve Higgins, who, you know, she did get the try for them, but she was so good against Wales the week before as well. I think she's something special. It just, she just needs that support group around her to be on the same level, that's all. Yeah, really impressed with Higgins and uh, Dorothy Ball, the flanker. She's strong and powerful. Bit of a penalty machine at the moment, but she'll probably sort that out. A strong, powerful girl. And then Stacey Flood, who's moved from 10 to 12. I think she's awesome, you know. Mm. Um, I'm no coach by any imagination, but I would build a backline around her because her vision, her playmaking skills. So they moved, um, is it Cronin to, from nine to 10 and pushed Flood out to 12? And she's just like seven's background as well. So she just sees space, does looping pass, put players in on the outside. And she was the one that caused uh, problems for, uh, for Wales in the first round where their first try came from. Um, yeah, so there's loads of promise for Ireland, like you know, you know you said, Lowe's, but oh, bless them, they got so much work to do. And they got loads of yeah. crap going on there as well in Ireland, haven't they, with the, the men disagreeing that women should be senior players and they, they set up over there and bless them, they, they got a bit of a battle ahead. But hopefully they can see what Wales have done and then, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel if they just push on with it. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so predictions, girls. This is where we call it out. 
Um, I'm going to give you the three games and you're going to tell me who's going to win what. So first up, Jenny Treacle Davis, England Wales prediction. England. That's it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not saying. Captain. Do you want the score as well? Or are we just saying? Okay, no. good. <laughs> um, England. Lowe's. Yeah, it's going to be England. Let's not be naive about it. But if they can do it and stay within six tries. That's a win. Yeah, depending yeah. on what team he puts out. Okay, so that's the only game on Saturday. The other two games are on Sunday. So we've got Scotland and France, one o'clock kickoff in Scotland. I say that because France don't like early games, do they? So I think that's an important factor in this. Um, so Trico, France or Scotland? I'm going to go France. Mm-hmm. Kat? France. <laughs> Lowe's? I'll go France as well. But Scotland, I think, is going to be a bit more of a dogfight. I think they'll try and make it messy. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a different kind of game to what we saw on the weekend. And finally, after coming off two heavy defeats last weekend, we've got Ireland and Italy. Italy's out in Ireland for a five o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Um, quickly go through it. Treeks, what do you think? Joe, I'd love to say Italy. I really would. But I think I think it's going to be Ireland. Kat? I actually don't know because I've been really impressed with it. I know Italy have lost a lot, but they have played England and France. Um, but I, I've been really impressed with them as well. Oh, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Italy just to be different. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say Italy as well. Even though they played terribly on Sunday, I think they will be the better team. I'm gonna agree. I think they they're closer to the the more finishing product, kind of product than, than Ireland rugby are right now. So you're out on a limb on your own there, Treeks. Just saying now, if Ireland win, does that mean you three owe me a pint? I'll get you a baby Guinness. How about that? <laughs> Talking of which... You. <laughs> Talking of which, um, it is like wildly know, widely known now that we're going out after the... for the France game. And it is your birthday, Treeks, and it is another birthday celebration of yours. We've had um, a mention on Twitter. So if they see you, they're going to buy you baby Guinnesses. So... Uh, <laughs> well, I, I won't be able to drink them because I'm refereeing the next day. So I do apologise. You know, bank them for me and then I can have them another, another time. There we go. <laughs> but thank you for that because they were really nice. On the Mind way you. down... <laughs> if you're handed one in your hand, you can't return a gift. Uh, I'm driving. I need my license. We were, we were brought up better than that. You can't return a gift. You'll just have to stay. Cats, you can sleep over in Cats' house. Well, why didn't you drink it for me, Lord? And then next time I see you in the Royal Wash Show, you can buy me one. Tell, tell you what, everyone came to the Royal Wash Show and then you can buy me the baby Guinnesses there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sending all six of our listeners to the Royal Wash Show now. Cool. That's the budget. <laughs> okay, so um, loads more to talk about. So I was going to mention that um, we are the era of the sevens this week, and we already know now, spoiler, uh, Catherine's team has won it. So I am Catherine. So how many girls do you think were involved in that, Kat? Well, from Plasma? From overall. 
playing. I think I think there was about thirty-eight teams there today. Girls' wow. teams. Somebody. Did yeah. That. So is yeah. It ten, ten, ten in a team. Yeah. Was it ten in a ten? Um, twelve, I think. So about four hundred. Wow. And yeah. if we look at last Sunday, where there was an incredible festival of rugby on at the Principality Stadium just before the women kicked off next door at the Cap, there was 1,300 girls involved in that from club and um, hubs from across Wales. How incredible is that? Yeah, it's amazing. It was really good. And, you know, and today just um, Shauna was there with the team. Um, Karen James was there with the team and it was really good to see you know being selfish I I, I saw a lot of the ex-coaches today and just people like Mark Reese Treeks you were in you work with me um, Mark oh. Reese is there which I haven't seen for like 20 years um, I know Jason Lewis Gemma you were coached by Jason saw him for the first time today um, it was so nice to see people again oh. so, not so nice to see people again but you know just the ex-coaches so yeah it was a good day yeah so that was 1300 girls that are part of the the community game that's incredible we've got to give it up for the community team they are doing an incredible job uh, of growing the game at that level um so well done and crucially the next step from that is possible <laughs> uh possible that under 18s Women's Six Nations team was announced. The first ever women under 18s team. So what I want to do is because some of these might become, uh, I was going to say world-renowned names. I don't mean that, but um, in terms of Welsh future stars, right? These could become the professional rugby players of the future. So let's give them all a shout out because this is historic. Laurie Pritchard, Ches Chelsea Chesters, Dally Hopkins, Maisie Davis, Molly Wakeley, Georgia Morgan, Millie Summer Webb Greenslade, Fern Cumming, Erin Jones, Catherine Stewart, Katie Hudd, Lucy Isaac, Jess Rogers, Gwenon Hopkins, Sean Jones, Molly Radon, Rachel Thomas Evans, Maya Dixon, Jenna Devira, Gabby Hitton, Molly Powell, Laurie Elias, Grace Bellamy, Nell Metcalf, Molly Wilkinson, Karis Hughes, Karis Hughes, sorry. You girls are historic in the sense that you are the first ever women six the Six Nations international squad. So a huge congratulations to you and everyone who supported you and the regions you come from. Um, because you're the next important part of the Welsh rugby story, right? These girls will actually aspire to be professional rugby players no one before them have had that chance and I think that's incredible so shout out to them girls they absolutely deserve a name check and we'll look back on this podcast five years from now and we'll see which of them are going into the next World Cup cycle right yeah definitely and they go to Edinburgh this weekend don't they so they started off there they've got a few games lined up there, I think they fly out tomorrow morning one of our ex-pupils, sorry, from our plasma, Gwenan Hopkins. I've got, I've got to mention her since I'm on this now. She was at the Earls today. Her sister was playing for um, our year seven, eight. So, so good to see her. She's so excited to go and play. Um, they're off for 10 days, I think. So, yeah, exciting times. Now, things are moving in the right direction now. We've got the under-18 set up. We're really excited by um, 
the coaching personnel there to see what they can do. But to get that many girls in the principality before an international game, you're just the timing of it was just spot on because you get those girls then. I don't think we saw all 1,300 of them, but we saw a fair few of them in the stands then supporting the senior game. And that's exactly what you want. You want them to have some sort of role model for them to stay in the game, isn't it? And if they keep pulling out results like this at senior level, God knows what it's going to be able, uh, what it's going to do then to those that, you know, just starting off their rugby endeavours. Is that the right word? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Silence. Great. You get distracted yeah. then. <laughs> Did I was drawing a picture? <laughs> it's the first time I've seen you on this pod with a pen. I know. Well, I've got loads to talk about. Right, but over to you then. What's next? Right. I just want to give a couple of shout-outs from the weekend's game. So it's not just Wales. However, Fionnly Wiss's try was in there. That was pretty special, but it did all come from Alicia Butchers' footwork. Yeah. Um, and breaking the game line, then Eve Higgins, we've already spoken about. But can I just say, Sarah Byrne, she is running, rising for fun from 50 metres out, and she's a heavy girl. I know she's transitioned from back row to front row now, but come on. It was a brilliant try. It was excellent. Let's just speed up a mark and everything. It was... I can't say anything more because it was just brilliant. And you know, she came on as a sub. Can you yeah, imagine the Italian team looking to the sideline and seeing Sarah Byrne lining up to come on when they're already 50 points odd down? They're thinking, oh, for God's sake, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lowe's, I know you've got Lowe's to talk about, and we've got to move on from the Six Nations because there was some club rugby this weekend. So we've got to shine a light on our. Uh, club games our community games so let's have a bit of a jingle jingle and send it over to you for a club update yeah so we did have some club games um, on the weekend so I'll just run through some of the results uh, there's been some hefty defeats, um, something we'll come on to speak about, but let me just go through them. It was Carnarvon 62 uh, against Cobra 15, Club Rugby Cymru Cardiff 64 against Morrison's 27, Porth Cowl 50 to Porth Harlequins 10, Llantwit Vadra 5 against Burryport 39, Whitland 50 against Sam Sisters 12. So some high-scoring games there. Trico, give us the insight on your Carnarvon game. What well, went down there? Um, so the score doesn't reflect the game. Um, I didn't realise it was that high, to be honest. Um, but um, we've got, in Carnarvon, we've got a good bunch of girls. And um, remind me who the Welsh coach is again. What's his name? You? Johan Cunningham. That's the one. Uh, I hope he comes to start watching some of these games. Um, Catherine, I'm sorry, you know how rubbish I am with names. <laughs> um, because there is a few, we've got a few players in our team, I think, who could be in the Welsh squad, especially we've got these two young wingers. Um, and um, they're, they're just, you look at them, you just think, oh, 
you think you're having a field day with them, but they're obviously farmers. And so they're just like so strong, fast. Um, and like with Canada, I think at the moment we're starting to click. Is it true that there's only one representative from North Wales we've got in the squad at the moment in Gwynhian Purse? There's no other North Walesian there, is there? Uh, no. Um, at the start with Jess Kavanagh and Tuleary Davis, and I want to say, was there somebody else? Molly, well, I'm, I'm Molly Kelly. Molly Kelly, we're, we're in the setup. Um, but they got um, released uh, in, uh, in various manners. Not sure the same manners as how we were released in our days, but apparently, well, obviously, with new technology, it's then completely different uh, in today's society. As opposed to the pigeons we had, is it? <laughs> well, you know, uh, well, I, I was used to have a phone call from Richard Hodges going, sorry, Treacle, today you've been dropped from the squad completely, you'll be going down to the development squad, or actually you're no longer in our squad <laughs> but at least it was verbal and he spoke to you and he gave you two things to work on so at least as a player then it was heartbreaking like not being involved but at least you knew right I need to work on my fitness or I need to work on my scrummaging um but when I've been speaking to these girls um it doesn't seem that they have the same um process but I don't know if that's because of technology has changed but you know when I thought if it was slate and chalk and that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Captain was brought up, there was no slinging talk. <laughs> what was it? Cave drawing. <laughs> Sorry, oh, you know you are gonna get a mouthful as soon as we come off here now. Love you. I'm giving you those eyes now. That just means watch out. <gasps> oh no. <nah. laughs> <laughs> Anyway, on a lighter note, I think we've had some feedback from the Port and Port Harlequins game, have we, Charlotte? We have. Our new friend, Scott Perkins, who um big fan of the show, so thank you, Scott, and he big, big fan of women's rugby. He goes out to watch and he gives us a rundown. So this is um, Perkins' match musings from Portsmouth Call. Starts like this. A great day for a game of fast-running rugby. Unfortunately, that's not what we got. A great start from Porth going over in opening minutes after a string of penalties on Porth Cole's line from ruck infringements driving over in the corner and a conversion was added. Porth even had the upper hand in the early scrums. However, Porth Cole started putting the wits on the ball and here's where they exposed Porth. Scoring a few tries in quick succession, the game then became a quite scrappy affair. Porth started to show their class, heavily influenced by the premiership players they had playing on permit for them. The class of these players helping them get to a 10-50 away win. Any win on the road is a plus for at, so hats off to put call and also to Paul for sticking at it to the final whistle. Uh, shout out to Leanne Burnell. She was particularly good. Uh, she actually plays upon a clean, right? So she was lent uh, on permit and she scored some solo booty pod tries, apparently. So that's cool. So if anybody else wants to report on a game for us, because obviously... Uh, Lori got nappy duties and um, I, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be every weekend. So, uh, girls, that's an invitation for you as well. Cats and Trico, if you want to give us a rundown every game that you get to go see, we'd love that. But thank you very much, Scott, for being our guy on the ground.
Um, so this is going to excite you three, and that's why I thought it was important to get all three of you on today to answer this. Uh, Lisa Newton, coach of Poniclean and Cardiff Met, has got some scrum questions. So I'm just going to go put the kettle on while you guys are talking this. So Lisa wants to know, can we talk about scrum time? Is it possible for your scrum to go backwards and not give away a penalty? As a ref, Trico, what signs are you looking for when it comes penalty time at a scrum? Okay, so me personally, uh, and I could be different to other referees due to pain in the front row. So I'm probably looking at different triggers. Um, so I won. If I had uh, six pull cues, I would want to put them on the spine of each prop and that would show me that they're going square. So that's what I'm looking at. So as soon as that pull cue, their spine, changes an angle, so whether that's in, that's who I'm having. Yeah? And I'm just about tall enough <laughs> for the men to see it. Just about. <laughs> I'm going to go on my tippy toes. <laughs> so that's the first instance. The, the second instance you're looking at is um, arms. So you're looking, if elbow goes down, then that the, the prop's pulling it down. Um, and then for me, the biggest one is if people are standing up. So I've penalised quite a few dominant scrums um, because to me, they started that dominance by legal scrummaging and not from uh, legal scrummaging. So normally, the ref normally in society meetings, we're told you penalise, uh, you, you, you're in favour of the strongest scrum. But to me, I'm like, well, if they've started that legally, that's not fair. So I'll always look at the first instance rather than the second instance. And that's how I've been taught. You penalise the first thing what's happened, not the second. And I think some referees, I fall into it all the time. You penalise the second incident rather than the first. So I'll give you a, like an example. So say if a, a loose head prop put a hand down, I'd be thinking, why is she put a hand down? Is that because the tight head is is pushing downwards and not square? So a lot of referees who maybe aren't front row would probably penalise the loose head because she's put her hand on the floor, rather than being actually it should be the tight head who's penalised because she's uh, not pushing square like through she's pushing down. Oh, and the other thing I'd look out for because these people are cheating little gits are the flankers. The amount of time they 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 um, they unbind and then rebind, so that would be a penalty against them. So that's what you're looking for, like um, as a as a ref. So Lowe's, what about the first part of the question? Then that's too much for me to take in there, Trix. That's blown my mind. Um, I was in the second row. I couldn't hear anything. I have no idea what you guys were up to. So what about the first part of the question? Is it possible for your scrum to go backwards and not give away a penalty? I want to know what Lowry thinks of that. Well, yes, because. Well, actually, I was very confident coming into this question, but then I did go and do a quick Google search just to back myself, and it's come up with something different. So I'll tell you what I first thought, and then I'll conclude. Okay. So as long as you're going backwards in a straight, tight scrum, and there's no infringement of foul play from either side, you can go back as far as you want. That's how I understood it. However, my friend Google said that um, 
where and um, if um that you are pushed beyond the game line a referee will suggest use it um if it's at the base of the scrum and that's when the team either eight or nine then will need to pick Catherine's nodding along to that you agree mm, definitely because you don't usually see because you seek refs like pulling people from just going forwards what I'll say though, if you're if you're there and you've been there for a considerable amount of years and you've got that experience, there is no front row in history that will just keep a scrum jogging backwards for twenty meters plus. No. They, they will do something to collapse it, whatever. Mm. I've been there. Cat and Treacle have definitely been there. So you this you want to think of it as an advantage if you're if you're thinking. I'm going to give a penalty away earlier rather than later so they don't have the more favourable field position, then you collapse it early rather than wait 20, 30 metres and then do it. This sounds like you're speaking from experience. Well, yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> because, well, as we all know, I came in as a cocky under 20, straight into World Cup in 2010, and Jason Lewis said, you play prop before, view," And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. So I jumped in front row against New Zealand, and it was happening. We were going for a run backwards for 20 <laughs> minutes. So I was like, well, I'm either going to break my neck, pull a hamstring, or I'm going to have to collapse this scrum. So I collapsed it. <laughs> and to be honest, I looked up at Jason Lewis because I thought I was going to be bollocked for it and never chosen again. He was like, yeah, meh. So right, probably would have done the same. <laughs> and, and and from the referee's point of view, like our biggest priority is safety. So like as like the front row know, all right, we, we can collapse it and we can collapse it safely. But the fact is they don't want that from refereeing anymore. And it's it's about player safety. So a referee would prefer to stop it and reset it or say use it, the ball's gotta go. Because you might have some, especially down at club level, where coaches aren't doing scrum training or they, they aren't scrum specialists and they've moved on with these new processes. Do you mean like, if we looked at when we first started scrummaging cat years ago to how we got taught scrummaging at the end of our career, it's completely different. Mm, definitely. But it's really interesting hearing your side tonight coming from an ex-front rower and how you see explaining sort of you know, the reason maybe why is that Lou said putting her arm down or something. Do you know what I mean? As in, it's really interesting from your side as well, because I get it, but you do see refs sort of penalising the second oh, bit. Look, it annoys me, the, the people up in punditry, when they say, oh, yeah, um, tight dead hinge there, it's there mm. for blah, 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 or... Lou says, hit chest to ground first, yeah. And I'm like, well, in most scenarios, it could just have been a reset. And then, yeah. because you don't want to be hanging around having scrum after scrum after scrum, however yeah. fun it can be sometimes. Um, it just, I think they're quick to penalise because they don't want to be hanging around. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is, though, I think with the pundits is, personally like I, I've chatted I've like done like a few like um specialist coaching sessions with referees and giving them a, like a front row perspective 
And I've actually made these people who have been wingers and bats actually scrum. And I'm like, the only way you understand this is by getting your head in there and feeling it, because that's what scrummaging is about. And I think with pundits and stuff, that when you look at them, I, how many front row pundits do we have? None. And I think this is where, Lori, Catherine, you guys should be putting your hand up now and, and like discussing it from a, a front row perspective, because I think anywhere else on the pitch, you can learn what to do. That is such a specialised area. Only a few people can play there. That's my personal opinion. Please, nobody like me like hate on the on the. <laughs> on, well, I never look at my social media anyway, so carry on. <laughs> yeah. So I was on doing the Scott, uh, the France game, and I said to Nick, like during commentary, I'm not going to comment on the scrum, Nick, because I have absolutely no idea what goes on in the front row. So I was just looking at what the back row were doing, and uh, we'll play from there. I, I, you know, anything could have happened in that front row, and I wouldn't have a clue. Catherine. Yes, it is. Anything Sorry, to add? I, I... No. More. <laughs> Go on, Trix, what are you going to say? All I was going to say is if there are, are any pundits um, uh, listening, like they need to get in contact with Captain Edwards and Lori Harris because I know they really <laughs> want to be on the, 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 the on commentary discussing the front row. They say to me what? all the time in this group for how much they want to be doing it. <laughs> oh, my God. What is she on about? She just keeps last, bringing her own jokes and stuff. <laughs> <You know>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are we done with scrums now so we can everybody else can tune yeah. back in? So there was another yeah, question. Thought, it can go backwards and not concede a penalty. It's just what advantage does that give you to a team if you're willing to go back however far before someone makes a decision? Or before that attacking team plays the ball. Okay, so Lisa, I'm not sure you got your answer out to that, but let's go to Lisa's second question. So do you remember the Island game? Um, the, the ball was kicked out and Katie Powell went for a quick line out. I know you've got to think back two weekends now. So yeah, we're nodding. So Katie Powell went for a quick line out and, and I'm not even sure it went five, did it? It bounced and I think the Irish girl picked it up. <laughs> Lisa wants to know, was she trying to milk a penalty? And Trico, what are your thoughts on that? What is the actual law? So the law states, um, if anyone wants to read it, it's uh, point three, <laughs> three point C. Um, so that it that so the ball has to reach the five meter line before it touches the ground or hits a player. Uh, if it doesn't, the option is line out or scrum. But it just play on, won't it? Uh, no, the ball Trico? has to reach Trico? five meters. Yeah. Is this is this your speciality? <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> so, years ago, when this law first came out, I saw Shane Williams do it on TV. <laughs> so, I didn't know where we were playing. Was we playing for Cardiff Quinns then, are you it? Don't care, just say the story. Oh. So anyway, so I literally just threw, threw it in, over the line, caught it, and then the referee penalised me. And I was like, well, why? Shane Williams does it on the on the TV. And he's like, the ball must travel five metres. And Catherine and all the Euro girls just howled. I was like, oh. 
Oh, yeah. oh there's so <laughs> many stories, but we haven't got enough time. So there's been a comment come in. I want to throw this to Catherine because um, I know she's a big fan of this. So uh, the Jester's Female Rugby Hub said, how good is it? How good is it to have the women's Six Nations separate to the men's? Catherine, what's your thoughts on that? I guess. You don't? Um, a lot of people have been asking me. Sorry? You don't like it? No, I do like it. Oh, sorry, I, can, I missed No, it. I do like it. No, definitely. Um, I can see the benefits of having it because Six Nations is, you know, obviously during February, March, and it's nice to have it during the men's um, on the same time as the men's, but... No, I, I haven't got any. Re- Sorry, maybe you should never ask me, but I do. I do like having it after the men's. And yeah, no, that's what the question was. How good is it to have it separate to the men's? I think they get more publicity, and especially with Wales doing so well now, I think um, it's getting better. You know, we've. I just think we would have had about five thousand people watching the game before, mm. um, and. I think that's going to increase more now with the success, you know, the, the success that you know they're having. So, um, yeah, sorry, brilliant. I haven't got yeah. any more to say. I think it's brilliant, yeah. especially with having, especially with having the competitions on in the um, principality and stuff. So it's nice having them at the same time with with the girls coming, being able to come in and watch the girls play. So yeah, I wasn't a huge fan when it got announced last year because. Well, we were in that time when we when we transitioned like in the same window as the men, following the same kind of structure as the men. So we were part of that transition into it. And when they took us out of it, like, oh, we're gonna lose a lot of that that buzz. We're gonna like not feel like it's a Six Nations. But actually, I was wrong because it is so much better for the women's game. Mm. So much better. Yeah, that's good English. Um, like let alone like the the sunnier rugby the warmer rugby the crowds want to be there in person but like the the amount of exposure it's getting not being lost or second fiddle to the men's being its own entity and having its own like headline sponsor now it I think it's incredible it is you know the best thing that could have happened for the game and I think they had more um time on scrum five you know on Sunday before we would have had about maybe 30 seconds but mm. you know Phil and Chris were able to you know they had a good good time on Sunday and were able to like give us good well they analysed the game quite well so and you know we had Chuan on the um, talking live as well so yeah I think it's I think it's good and I, I'm totally with you I was against it at first but obviously having that having the Six Nations now at this time for the second time I think it's Definitely on a high. Mm. It's not competing with anything, is it? It's got its own limelight. I know. Brilliant. I know. And we mentioned it before, the Six Nations for us is twice as long now. So Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's, I think, that's all the questions we've had in. I'm sure if I told everybody who the guests were in time, there would have been loads. But I think we'll have to bring you all on because there's so many stories that you three got that I'm sure our listeners would love to listen to. Um, Trinkle shaking her head saying no. No. No, some stories should always remain quiet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll get through the best. Out, right? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> 
Brilliant. Merched, thank you so, so much for being part of our podcast and giving our listeners some different voices and different stories to listen to, different points of view. Trika, incredible amount of insight. Congratulations on your career-defining moment on the weekend and working with Joy Neville. I know you're a fan. And Catherine Dayan Arbenig um, with the Year of Sevens today. Congratulations. Thank you, girls, and we'll see you on the next episode of the pod. All right. Please do get in touch. Remember, on Instagram, it is Back the Girls Podcast. On Twitter, it is Back the Girls Pod. And just because we love to keep it simple, on email, it is backthegirls.pod at hotmail.com. Thank you. Bye. 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 Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.